there's a really big difference between reacting and responding. We always have a choice. And there's this like tiny space between you and your emotions. You are not your emotion. You feel the emotion, but you are not the emotion. Welcome to the Balanced Fit and Free Podcast. I'm Rayanne Mullins, your host, and you are in the right place if you are ready to learn how to live a life of balance through healthy daily actions and a positive mindset. As a Hashimoto's hypothyroid warrior, I will be sharing with you tried and true methods of keeping a balanced lifestyle to ward off inflammation, aching joints, brain fog, and weight gain. My very open and honest approach will have you leaning in to learn more. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast, where we explore how to combine daily habits to create your best, happiest lifestyle. I'm Rayanne Mullins, your host, and as always, I am super happy that you are here today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Today, I want to talk about emotions. I know. We talk about emotions a lot here, but a little bit more specifically. I mentioned, I believe it was last week, that I am in the process of becoming a breathwork facilitator with a company called Pause Breathwork. I am so excited. I'm just super excited to offer these breathwork sessions because it's so critical to use our tool of breath. We all have this readily available tool in our body or access to this tool, and it is just breathing. Breath work can help with breaking through barriers. It can help with, you know, reducing emotional eating. It can help with autoimmune disease symptoms. It can help improve relationships. It can help you become more productive and so much more. Can you see why I'm super excited? Well, in the course, I have already learned so much. Like, I love it. I'm one of these people who start something new and I I always get way ahead and read ahead and really I should slow down because I just start reading and I get so into it. And so I'm like four chapters ahead of where I'm supposed to be. But anyway, I love it. It just totally fits me. It fits exactly um, what I was looking for. So I mean, this is probably why I was actually drawn to the course in the first place. And I believe that when we want something or we put something out there in the universe, we attract what we put out there and what we want. I had been searching for a new certification or a new service or like a new tool, just something that I could offer to those who already, you know, feel really good about their diet, how to eat well. Um, For those who already have their workout routine like set and they love it. But some of these people who, even though they feel great with their nutrition and they feel great with their workouts, they still want more out of life. They want more answers. So I have learned over the years that once you have done all the things like diets, workouts, and so on, the answers that you're seeking are actually inside of you, but you need to figure out how to tap into them. And that's when I started seeking answers to my own longing for another service. I've been really stuck for, God, like about 18 months now, just feeling really unsure of where I want to go. Like, where do I want my coaching practice to go? Like, who do I want to help? Why do I want to help? And and how, you know, like, how do I want to do it? So I start thinking about, well, I mean, I could get a yoga certification. 
but you know, that just didn't feel right. It was a, it was a hard no in my body. And then I thought about like Reiki or energy healing. Um, but for some reason that wasn't a fit either. And that's when I found breath work, or should I say it found me. So today we're going to explore the four stages of emotions. And as we go through the stages, I want you to put on a cap of curiosity. I want you to listen to the stages, you know, what they are and decide where you are now. There's no judgment, no criticism, just pure curiosity. Hear me out and then try to figure out where you are in the stages. Okay. And the idea is to grow through, grow emotionally through the stages and ultimately reach the final stage. The four stages of emotion are emotional retraction, emotional knowing, emotional awareness, and finally, emotional intimacy. Each of these concepts plays a unique role in our emotional lives and our interactions with others. So let's explore each of them in detail. And I'll be providing some examples. Okay, some of the examples are going to be made up. Um, I've created this woman, a busy woman named Sarah. Um, so I'll give you some examples about this fictionary, you know, fiction person. And then I'll give you some of my own personal experience examples. And these examples should just help um, create better comprehension with what these stages of emotions are. All right, so the first emotional um, stage is called emotional retraction. So emotional retraction refers to the act of withdrawing or suppressing one's emotions. You know, it's usually a defense mechanism in response to a perceived threat or any kind of emotional distress. So people may retract their emotions to protect themselves from vulnerability or to avoid potential hurt. This can result in emotional distance and may hinder open and honest communications. So remember I told you I have a fake person named Sarah. Sarah in this stage is a successful, let's say, career woman, always striving for perfection. Okay. She's, you know, wants to be really, you know, good at her career, but she also wants to look good, um, you know, make sure she's eating the right thing, exercising. She's just always like trying to be perfect. She suppresses her emotions thinking that they may make her appear weak. But deep inside, she feels an overwhelming sense of anxiety and frustration. Okay. So let's say that Sarah has a challenging day at work, but she returns home and dismisses her stress. So instead of focusing on her stress, she focuses on household chores or maybe her husband or kids' needs, ignoring her own emotional state. Or she may even drink alcohol or eat too much food anything like self-destructive to avoid her feelings. This is a classic case of emotional retraction. All right. Now you can see that retracting your emotions can serve as a protector, right? It's like you may just avoid your emotions because you're like, oh, I just don't want to feel that right now. And you kind of put it over here in a box and you're like, I'll unpack that later. You know, it's a protector. It's protecting how you feel. But in the long run, emotional retraction has more negative outcomes than positive. And I just, you know, I was sitting here thinking, as I said that, 
Have you ever like wanted to cry, but you're able to like stop it and just like move forward? It's like, like you're afraid almost if you just let it go, it's just not going to stop. And so you're just like, whoop, suck it in and move forward. You know, I mean, I do that a lot and have done that a lot. Um, I do have a person, so this kind of relates to that. Actually, my personal example is that I grew up with a tough mom, you know, like a tough woman. I've said this a hundred times on this podcast, but, and I also grew up in a household full of males. So three older brothers, and then I later had three stepbrothers, a lot of um, testosterone, (laughs) but a lot of toughness, right? I learned early on that I should not show emotion. When I did, if I would cry, I was immediately told to stop crying or I'd be told that, you know, to just stop it, that my feelings didn't, it wasn't how I really felt to just like avoid it basically. Like my feelings would be completely dismissed. So I would feel ashamed of being sad or having any emotion, right? It's like, I was so worried about what was going to happen if I showed emotion that I learned to just not show emotion, if that makes sense. And this, this was actually pretty tough, but I was conditioned to shove it down, ignore it and move forward because we are strong and we don't have time to be emotional. We are too cool for that. We are too tough. Nobody gets us down. That was like how I felt. And I'm not sure that my mom or even my brother's realized this was happening because this is what we did, right? It was like, and maybe they don't realize that. I know my mom did it on purpose. My brothers are just males. So maybe it's a male thing to like be tough and strong, you know, but I was like, speaking of males, I was kind of scared to like girl things because I was afraid that being a girl was like too soft and too weak. So I tried really hard to pretend that I didn't like girl things. You know, even as I was older and started to teach fitness classes or aerobics, I was really embarrassed to tell my brothers because I was afraid I would look weak or stupid because it was a dancey and girly thing to do. I would basically hide my true feelings because I was so afraid of being rejected or shamed or, you know, told that I was being weak, you know, and a lot of this I'm sure was in my own head, you know, but that was how I felt. And I know now you know, looking back that my mother was that way because she was trying to protect herself from her own feelings. She was a single mom for a while. And I know that just based on things she said to me, when I think back to like conversations we had, even when I was as young as like 10, she was very hurt by my dad. So instead of working with her emotions and allowing herself to feel you know, she turned into a hard and strong woman. And then she taught me to be that way too. She would say, don't let anybody ever treat you poorly. And boy, did boys, man, I I don't know how my husband is still here because I learned to never let any man ever tell me what to do. I was always in charge and to basically hold my guard up around any male because they were out to get you. So Anyway, that was tough. And, but, you know, here's the thing though. I appreciated the fact that she was looking out for me. She wanted me to be protected. She was trying to teach me to be a strong woman and confident and independent. Right. But I also feel like it's sad to look back and wonder if maybe her health 
uh, could have improved had she allowed her fear, her sadness, and other vulnerable emotions show. Over the last several years, I have tried to be more open and allow my feelings to come out when needed. And truthfully, this podcast has been actually a great personal tool to share. And, you know, I do share a lot of vulnerable things and how I feel mostly because I want you guys to know that you're not alone and that it's okay to have feelings. It's okay to feel a certain way about your body or about your relationships or about, you know, what you've tried with diets and what, you know, just I've been there too with a lot of this. So I want to be open and honest with you just so you know that we're really all more alike than we realize. But also, you know, truthfully, when I'm writing these or like getting ready to do a podcast, it's amazing how many things come up inside. And now that I'm exploring um, these emotional stages and trying to become my most emotionally mature person I can, it, it's amazing how it's just like flooding out. And I am holding way back. <laughs> so I'm not going to tell you everything because we don't have all day. But anyway, okay. So that was stage one. Stage one is emotional retraction. Can you see yourself there? Can you see a time in your life when you've been there? Can you see an area of your life where maybe you are there, where you just don't want to let go? You don't want to feel. That's emotional retraction. Then we move into emotional knowing. Emotional knowing refers to the ability to recognize, identify, and understand one's own emotions. Okay. And actually understanding isn't necessarily true. It's not that you absolutely have to understand why you're feeling a certain way, but it's just being able to recognize and identify what the emotion is. Okay. It involves being in tune with your emotional state and having the capacity to label or name and make sense of your feelings. And Again, like I just said, you don't necessarily always have to make sense or understand your feelings, but it's really crucial to be able to notice and name them. Okay. Understand that you're feeling the emotion. Emotional knowing is a fundamental skill for self-awareness and emotional intelligence. It's letting yourself know that it's okay to feel emotions. Okay. And you will start to notice the emotion in your body. So have you ever had somebody say something to you that maybe hurt your feelings um, or makes you mad? Like you, like, let's say somebody hurt your feelings and you might get like a, like that punch in the stomach kind of feeling that like, oh, that gut feeling, right? Or maybe you get startled, you know, like you get like scared of something and you get the startle, you might get a sharp pain in your chest. Okay. So like your body actually has like pains and feelings associated to your emotions. So when you recognize the feeling in your body, this is emotional knowing. At this point, you don't have to know why, like I said, but just notice the feeling and the emotion. Okay. I get this feeling a lot. I'm pretty sensitive and it's funny because I just got done telling you my mom taught me to be tough and strong, but well, yeah, I pretended to be, but truthfully, I'm very sensitive and I get my feelings hurt really, really easily. And that is me not being emotionally, you know, mature. But for me, when I get my feelings hurt, I get this like pit in my stomach. And 
the really cool thing about emotional knowing and, and when you start to notice the feeling, then you can start to like work through the feeling. That's when you can be like, okay, what about that hurt my feelings? Why? You know, why is that hurting my feelings? And then you can actually like work through the emotion instead of ignoring it and shoving it back into retraction. Okay. This is really important and it really helps you grow emotionally. Okay. So, um, let me see, let's go back to my, um, Sarah, our fake person, right? So for emotional knowing, so Sarah, for instance, might start to realize that she's not okay with suppressing her emotions. Okay. Remember I told you like when she gets home, she's really stressed out. And instead of like facing that, she either overeats or takes care of everyone else in the family and ignores her own feelings. So now she's like starting to realize that maybe suppressing her emotions isn't a good idea. She starts to recognize that the constant pressure to appear perfect is taking a major toll on her mental health, which by the way, when, you know, years and years of mental health pressure is going to turn into physical health. That's where the autoimmune diseases come from. That's when all kinds of, you know, even heart disease problems happen from holding that um, mental energy inside. So this is, you know, a significant step towards her emotional growth. So how does this awareness change Sarah's behavior? Well, she might begin seeking information and support. Okay. Sarah could start reading maybe some self-help books. She could, you know, get a therapist. She could start talking with people, like with friends and bringing it up to better understand her emotions and their significance. And this newfound knowledge empowers her to move forward. So a lot of people are afraid to show emotions because they feel like it'll make them weak and less powerful. But actually having this knowing and understanding how it feels in your body and understanding that this emotion is there actually empowers you more to move forward in your life. It can actually empower you more to create better relationships, better job, better performance better everything. Okay. So, um, I, I was going to give you another example about Sarah, but I think what I'll do is, um, skip that. So I was thinking about this too. When I, let's say it was back in 2013, I started a program and it was called best of you at the time. I thought it was a program to help with my confidence and feel better about my body. I was having some, some issues. I was like struggling with body image. Um, and just confidence. And I wanted to learn how to like accept me as I was, you know, like I was having this like perfectionism issue, this people pleasing issue. And I just wanted to be the best of me. Well, it turned out that it was actually a program to help fitness professionals turn their in-person business, fitness business into an online business. (laughs) And you know what? I don't know how I missed that. I think I literally just saw the title best of you and like skimmed over the information. Anyway, or maybe it just wasn't clear. I don't know. But that that's actually one of the reasons later I closed my studio because I ended up learning information in this program that I had no intention to learn, but it became very useful to me. But anyway, it was this program that taught me about mindset and accepting emotions. And that's when I realized that my people-pleasing ways were not serving me well. And that's when I discovered emotional knowing. And I want to say to you, the difference though, between mindset, I'm just going to throw this out right here. The difference between like mindset work and like a breath work is mindset's great. 
you know, I, you know, I believe in like having a strong mindset and working, you know, having your emotions and understanding, but when you take your mindset and turn it into intuition and embody it through breath work, through your tool of breath, it's, it's like 10 layers deeper. Okay. It's, it's so much more than just knowing it in your mindset. It's feeling it and embodying it, which is going to take you so much further. All right. Now, the third stage of emotional stages, whatever emotions, is emotional awareness. Emotional awareness involves not only understanding your emotions, okay, or feeling what kind of emotions you have, but also being able to attune to the emotions of others. It includes recognizing the emotional cues and signals that people display in their like words or body language and their facial expressions. So developing emotional awareness can lead to more empathetic and supportive interactions. So let's go back to Sarah. Sarah in this stage starts recognizing that her anxiety is often triggered by unrealistic expectations and her frustration as a result of not expressing herself. So she becomes more in tune with her emotions and begins to manage those emotions more effectively. So she might notice that her anxiety is rising and take proactive steps to manage it. So she could practice relaxation techniques like deep breathing or mindfulness to control her emotions or to allow her emotions. So this stage allows her to respond rather than react to her feelings. Okay, I think that's a really super important point. It's better to respond than to react to feelings. Okay. And remember we're in emotional awareness where we start to be aware of other people's emotions and how our emotions. Okay. So, um, you know, there's a really big difference between reacting and responding. We always have a choice and there's this like tiny space between you and your emotions. You are not your emotion. You feel the emotion but you are not the emotion. And how you respond to the feeling is up to you. You can choose to react by like lashing out and yelling at your husband, or you can take a pause and respond by using a calm voice and state your feelings and emotions to your husband, okay, as an example. So there's a big difference in what will come next. If you choose to scream at your husband for not taking out the trash, that can lead to a full-on argument and anger on both sides. If on the other hand, you tell your husband you're frustrated that he didn't take out the, the trash because there was some raw chicken in it and it will start to stink up the house, that will get a different outcome. It's more likely your husband will apologize for not getting it done. And then maybe you can say, well, you know, I could have taken it out myself if I was that worried about it. See what I mean? You can think of a time. Can you think of a time where you yelled and it turned into like a World War Three versus a time you decided to calmly say why you're upset? I can think of many times that I blew up, but now due to my emotional awareness, okay, and maybe age, (laughs) conversations with my husband look a lot different and I'm very grateful for that, okay? Another like kind of small example would be like in my fitness classes. You know, I don't teach as many in-person fitness classes anymore, but I feel like that was actually one of my um, gifts is being an emotionally aware instructor, I can sense when someone's feeling overwhelmed or stressed or just detached from the class or maybe in pain or not understanding. There's maybe a comprehension issue. I notice 
the person's change in behavior and body language, and I'm able to approach them to offer support or just adjust their workout accordingly. This sensitivity to the emotions of others can enhance productivity and just overall enjoyment. So in this case, like overall enjoyment of the class, like when I can tell somebody's uncomfortable or not understanding or hurting or whatever, I can help them adjust, you know, so that they can start to get more enjoyment and get something productive out of the class. But this could be true with relationships. It could be true with your job. Like if you're a manager, maybe it's really important to understand how your um, employees are feeling so that you can work together. Or if you're maybe in sales, you know, it's really important to understand the emotional um, response you're getting maybe from somebody you're trying to sell a program to or a product. You know, it's, it's really important to be able to catch those cues. Okay. Um, and then finally, we're here, we're here at emotional intimacy. Emotional intimacy, intimacy, hard time to say that, refers to the depth of emotional connection and closeness that exists in a relationship. Okay. It involves sharing one's true thoughts, feelings, and vulnerabilities with somebody else. And it creates a sense of trust, safety, security. Emotional intimacy is essential for building strong, meaningful, and satisfying connections with others. So, of course, we think more with like family or like romantic relationships, but this could be with your kids. It could be with your your coworkers. It could be with your neighbor. It could be with anybody. It could be the world, how we treat each other. Emotional intimacy is the highest level of emotional growth. It involves not only understanding and managing your own emotions, but also connecting with others on a deeper, more authentic level. Okay, so Sarah at this stage, our fake Sarah, is open about her feelings and shares them with her loved ones so she can relate to others' emotions and build stronger, more meaningful relationships, okay? So Sarah now, who is emotionally more intimate, shares her concerns and feelings with her spouse and close friends. She supports them through their emotional journeys and in return, the experiences, you know, she experiences the profound connections that come with being vulnerable and empathetic. This stage fosters healthier relationships and just enhances overall well-being. So an example would be like a married couple has been together for many, many years. They've developed a deep emotional intimacy, which allows them to openly discuss their fears, their dreams, insecurities, or whatever else they need to share with each other. And they can rely on each other for emotional support, knowing that their partner will be understanding and empathetic. This emotional closeness strengthens their bond and helps them navigate life's challenges together. Okay. And when we have emotional intimacy, not only can we share that with those around us, like immediately around us, but then we share like the light and love that we have with the universe, which can then share with the whole world because there is no limit to your emotional light. Okay. There's a song called I am light that I love, love, love. And when you think of yourself as a bright light that shines through you know, like just a beaming light, everywhere that beam of light hits, you can make an impact. And that is what emotional intimacy does. When we can truly know ourselves and 
empathize and feel and give spacious awareness to others around us, we shine our light brighter and it hits more people. And that hopefully makes them want to do the same. Okay. We are all in the same, like really at the end of the day, we're all team human. We're all on the same team. And if we could all just shine our light a little bit brighter, maybe we could have a happier world. Okay. So in conclusion, we've walked through the four stages of emotions. We have emotional retraction, emotional knowing, emotional awareness, and emotional intimacy. What's crucial to remember is that it's essential to move through these stages at your own pace. Okay. Nobody can push you through. Each individual's journey is unique and there's no fixed timeline for progressing like through these stages you can't rush emotional healing, right? The body doesn't lie. And you might try to force yourself into like this emotional journey, but if your body doesn't feel it and isn't ready, it won't go. Okay. It's about self-discovery and personal growth. And our ultimate goal is emotional intimacy, where we can connect with others in a profound and authentic way. I also think it's important to point out that you may, in fact, be in different stages for different parts of your life. And to truly become intimate with your emotions, it's okay to pick apart each feeling and decide where it is in the spectrum of emotions. Just take your time. I still have parts of me that retract, and there's parts of me that are purely in the emotional intimacy stage already. And it's okay. It's okay to be who you are where you are, and there's no pressure or urgency to fix anything. It's all about awareness and just being you. Being you right now is exactly who you're supposed to be, exactly where you're supposed to be. So thank you for tuning in today to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. Remember, it's okay to fill and your emotional journey is your own. Take your time, be patient with yourself, and strive for emotional intimacy. So until next time, stay connected and stay emotionally aware. I'll catch you guys next week. Thank you for tuning into the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I am so stoked that you are here. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. If you want to continue the conversation or share your takeaways, I would love to hear from you. Head on over to my Instagram at RamFitLife or Facebook at Rayanne Mullins and comment on your favorite part of the show. See you next week.